listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. It was so strong of a call that we knew if we don't do this, we're being so disobedient. I don't want to know what what the outcome would be. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode. You know, By the Brook is coming up next month and we could not be more excited here at Rising Above because we love being able to offer this special event for moms of kids with special needs. And we want to make sure you are there. So be sure to go to the Rising Above website, risingaboveministries.org, and you can find all the information that you need about this year's event. And we want to give a very special thank you to our friends at the Autism Faith Network for being an event sponsor for this year's By the Brook. The mission of the Autism Faith Network is to promote autism awareness, acceptance, and inclusion in local and faith-based communities all over the world. And this is done through the Accessible Faith Initiative, Manna from Heaven, and Cheerful Giving Initiative, which directly serves autistic individuals and their families and places of worship. So to learn more about the Autism Faith Network, just visit autismfaithnetwork.com. My guest today is Missy Wilson. Missy and her husband, Mike, are the founders of My Life Speaks, which was born out of the life of their son, Lane, who was born prematurely at 23 weeks gestation. Lane has severe cerebral palsy and suffered a stroke before birth, causing him to go blind. Not only was he born extremely early, but he was also very sick, and doctors did not think he would survive. But God had different plans for Lane's life. And My Life Speaks is an amazing outreach to families living with disabilities in Haiti. And in this episode, Missy shares what life is like for families in Haiti when a child has disabilities and how My Life Speaks comes alongside these families. So here's the conversation that I had with Missy Wilson. Hey, Missy, thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad to get to catch up with you. It has been, I think we were talking before we got on here, it has been six years since. Six years, I cannot believe it's been I know it was been six years since we have, I mean, I'm sure we talked some in between, but six years since we've seen each other Yes, and uh, we brought you in to buy the brook back in 2017, flew you in from Haiti and I got to spend time with you there. And so I'm when you were here for buy the brook. And so I'm excited to get to catch up and hear some of the crazy things that you guys (laughs) have had going on. Uh, It has been crazy to say the least. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm so honored you're here, and I can't wait for our listeners to get to know more about you and the amazing work that you guys are doing. And so you've been on this disability journey for quite a while, and you came into this this life as a mom of a son with disabilities with the son, with the birth of your son Lane, so yes. I've I've heard that story before, and it's been quite it's quite a story. So share with <laughs> us a little bit about Lane and about his birth story and um, about his life. Okay. Well, Lane is our second biological child. 
and he was born at 23 weeks and five days. Wow. So he weighed a pound and four ounces uh, when he was born, and that was 25 and a half years ago. So wow. that's a really big mm. deal mm-hmm. um, back then to be a 23-weeker uh, was a, a big deal. So yeah. um, just about everything that could go wrong in a premature birth went wrong in, in Lane's delivery or shortly after his delivery. And um, he ended up spending uh, five months in the NICU at um, East Tennessee Children's Hospital and... Uh, honestly, I I look back at those moments now that Lane is 25, and I think, how did we make it through mm-hmm. yeah. those times? And it's only because God gave us the ability to make it through those moments. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times I'm so thankful for the things that I didn't know back mm-hmm. then, uh, because I think the not knowing helped us just truly have the faith that we had to make it through the journey. And um, those five months in the NICU, we spent um, four different times planning Lane's funeral. Mm. Um, We did not think that he was going to make it on multiple occasions. And every time God just continued to show through Mm. Lane's life that he was in God's hands and he had a much bigger plan and purpose for Lane and yeah. so we, we were able to learn a lot through um, our son being born with special needs. And my husband and I say many times, it's definitely not the journey we would have chosen, mm-hmm. but it is one now that we would never change because yeah. it has truly impacted every single area of our life. Mm. So true. And we're going to hear more about just the major way that Lane's story has impacted (laughs) so many other lives. And, you know, tell us about Lane today. You said he's 25. He's the same age as my son. Yes. And um, I think he was, you know, born just a they're born, I think, pretty close to the same time, I think. Yes, his birthday's Um, in October. Yep. John Alex is September. And so, um, so, you know, he's 25 now. What does his day-to-day look like? What What is, tell us about Lane today. Well, Lane today, um, especially over the last 18 months, looks a little different than it has looked like over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent the last 10 years living in Haiti. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about yeah. that in, in a, a little bit later. But uh, we transitioned back here to the United States Um, about a little over 18 months ago. And um, it's been a little bit difficult for Lane. Mm. He he does not like the cold weather. Mm. He does not like um, just being, I don't want to say just by ourselves a lot, but when we lived in Haiti, we were around a community constantly. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a real challenge for him being back here and not having that community around him all the time, but he yeah. loves, um, he loves different TV shows and Lane is totally blind. He had retinopathy of prematurity when he was born stage four. So they, they've always told us that he's dark blind, but he shows us that he can see light. Mm. Mm. And so, but he loves anything that makes crazy sounds or people laughing and joking. So he goes in a cycle of TV shows that he likes to listen to. 
Um, Price is Right being his all-time favorite. <laughs> Love it. Um, Lots of sounds with that yes, one. Yeah. Yes, he likes Family Feud as well. He loves the ah sound. Yeah. So we yeah. joke about that a lot. He um, has been on a kick with the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of like he's this old soul and he likes these older shows. Old shows. Uh, Beverly Hillbillies, Andy Griffin. Uh, he likes those. And then he'll do uh, the any Disney, Mickey Mouse, Clubhouse, mm-hmm. um, the, all the Toy Stories. And he'll let us know each morning when he wakes up kind of what he is into that day. He also really likes music, so he loves going to church on Sunday mornings and uh, being part of the worship. Um, And we really joke, he loves our pastor's voice at church because our pastor's from Australia. And so anytime we have like a guest speaker or someone else speaking, Lane gets frustrated and he wants Mm. to go out because he really wants to hear Pastor Darren preach and not anybody else. So he's... um, He's like any other 25-year-old as far as he wants his peace and quiet and his Mm -hmm. time to just be by himself. And he'll let you know when he wants to be around you or around other people in the house. Um, But where he's the happiest is when he can just listen to his music or Mm -hmm. listen to his TV shows and um, loves his siblings. He loves Mm -hmm. being around his siblings. And so it's... um, Lane keeps me going every day. His joy and the joy that he just puts out to everybody is so contagious. Mm. And it it honestly makes me a better person day to day. Yeah. Well, so he's... 24-7 24-7 care. He lives with you guys, I'm Correct. assuming. And yes. so it's 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 full-on care yes. of, you know, caring for an adult Absolutely. with disabilities. We, we yeah. bathe him. He cannot get in the bathtub by himself. Um, he cannot get dressed by himself. He cannot feed himself. And so we are, he's pretty much with me and or my husband 24 hours a day. Uh, we do have our two oldest daughters uh, will help if we need to go somewhere and do something their help. He has a really special bond with his um, oldest sister, Naika. Um, it's really sweet, precious bond that the two of them have. And so she helps out a lot. Uh, we have some help that comes in very sporadically. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're working on possibly uh, trying to find somebody that could be there at more full-time basis. Yeah. But um He's, uh, he's used to being around mom and dad a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes those yeah. are really great days. And sometimes mm. he's like, I am so done with you. I am over it. <laughs> yeah, yes. I know. Yes. yes. I get, just like we would be, you Absolutely. know, same with us. You Absolutely. Know? So, well, I know you and your husband had a life-changing experience. I think it was back in the early 2000s when you made a mission trip, took a mission trip to Haiti. And yes. so... Tell us about that trip and what you experienced in that trip and, you know, what came out of that experience. So we had been doing um, some short-term trips, especially my husband, for a a few months. And he kept begging me to go. And it was just not something that I ever really felt like I wanted to do. Um, And when he finally got me to go, I quickly realized why God had had brought us to Haiti, we did not see a lot of people like Lane when we first went there. And the more we started talking to people, the more we realized that special needs in Haiti was more of 
um, they felt like someone had been cursed or mm-hmm. that someone was was disposable or worthless. And so we began praying because we felt the call that God was telling us to do something more in Haiti. And as we prayed, God showed us a vision and he showed us that we were supposed to be working in Haiti full time. And uh, fortunately and unfortunately, he showed God showed me that clearly um, in a dream that I had before he shared it with my husband. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of on two different paths at first. My husband was like, there's no way we can live in Haiti full time. We have a special needs son that requires major care. How could we ever live in Haiti? And over the months, God showed us, and this was back in 2011 that we were going through this process. And in 2012, we launched My Life Speaks. And the name of the organization comes from Lane's life, because Mm. even though Lane can't speak clearly and most people can't understand him, his life speaks volumes and it speaks Mm -hmm. volumes daily to our family's life and it speaks volumes to everybody he comes in contact with. And so in 2014, we decided that we were going to take the leap and we were going to move our family, Lane included, to Haiti full time. And it honestly was the most miraculous, wonderful thing that we could have ever done. Um, Lane thrived in Haiti. He met a community. He went to school and was integrated with people that spoke English and Creole. And so he began to pick up Creole phrases. And he went to class with people that his teacher only taught in Creole And it pushed Lane to learn so much more. He was part of the village that we lived in. One of his favorite things to do would be go on a ride in his wheelchair and sit at the table while the men were playing dominoes. And he would click the domino on the table. That was his job. And it was, it honestly was so incredible to watch how Lane's life began to change an entire village's view Mm. on special needs and the worth that someone like Lane has in the world. And so fast forward to today in Haiti and in our region of Laogon, you don't see the cursed feeling that people used to think. Mm -hmm. You don't see people treating people with special needs like they're out of place or like they're unworthy They've embraced all of the special needs community. We have a school that's inclusive that has typically developing and special needs going to school together. We have a parent program, support group, where parents come together on a weekly basis and share um, in stories and just in the word of how to have a, a child or a family member with special needs We um, host the Night to Shine prom in the village and people from all over Haiti come. And so watching and seeing how this frail life that we felt like God had brought to us, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 25 years ago is truly changing a country um, has, has just been incredible. And so to move, to have to move back from Haiti was, it was Mm -hmm. a punch in the gut. 
but um, yeah. we, we know that, that God is in it. We know that God is good and has been faithful through this entire journey that we're on and we know that he will continue to be. It's it's amazing. And I think so often, you know, like people will look at our kids, you know, people may have looked at Lane years ago when he was little and like what value you know, the world would look at our kids and think that the kids in, in, in Haiti so often, like you said, they were hidden and, and ostracized because of their disabilities. Absolutely. But then look how your, your son through his life is speaking as, yes. you know, as the name of your, your ministry yes. and changing the whole culture of not only that community, but throughout all of Haiti yes. uh, and, and just how God, I love how God does that. And I know you've just seen that over and over and over again, not only in your son's life, but in other, the other kids who've been part of what you're doing there. Absolutely. Well, and we always say, I mean, Lane changed our other kids in our family's life. Because we always just included in everything that we did, Lane was always included. It may have taken a little bit more time. It may have been a little more difficult, but we did not do things because we had a special needs son and we didn't stop the others from doing things because they had a special needs sibling. We were Mm -hmm. just a family and we made it work for what was best for our family. And we did everything. If we went to the movies, Lane went to the movies. If we went to the lake, Lane went to the lake. If we went to the beach, Lane went to the beach. When God called us to Haiti, Lane went to Haiti. And I mean, I would be lying if I said every day was easy and a breeze, but we did it. And we did it with this attitude of we're gaining so much from this. And, And all of our children agree they are different today because of Lane. And Lane is different today because of them. Yeah. It's it's amazing to see. And you know, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes back in in what you left in twenty twelve, is that yes. right? Well we, we started okay. in twenty twelve. We moved full time in twenty fourteen. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking about even in twenty twelve, like the thought, okay, we're gonna pack up our family. We're going to move to Haiti. We have a son with profound special yes. needs. I mean, like what is even going through you? I I would not be that brave. I'll just say that. I just don't think I would be that brave. The thing that Mike and I learned through the whole process of praying is we were more concerned about not obeying what we Mm -hmm. felt like God was calling us to do than to stay in our comfort and have the knowledge of what was going to be happening around us It was so strong of a call that we knew if we don't do this, we're being so disobedient. I don't want to know what what the outcome would be. And so, and God protected Lane through the entire, I mean, obviously the healthcare system in Haiti is is terrible. And Lane never got sick. He may get a virus or a little cold here or there, but he never had anything in Haiti that required hospitalization or required Mm -hmm. extra care. And I I truly believe and will stand firm on the fact it was because we were faithful to do what God called us to do, even though Mm -hmm. to the outside world made absolutely no sense. Yeah. And I'm sure you had family and friends, well-meaning, who were like, what are you thinking? Absolutely. I can tell you our, our parents, my siblings, um, friends, 
they were just like, don't you all think you could do this, but stay here in the U.S. and just travel <laughs> back and forth? And the only answer that we could ever give them is this is what God's telling us to do. And and that's mm. the only thing that we can stand on is we have to be yeah. obedient to what he's calling. And we, I look back now, 11 years later from us moving to Haiti, and I say, thank God that we did what we were supposed mm-hmm. to do because he used Lane, he used our family to, to truly impact and change an entire culture. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I just love hearing that. And, you know, that that act of obedience, that act of doing what God called you to do, and then seeing the fruit of that, yes. even though it was scary, and I'm sure, and lots of things, you know, trying to stop you from going, but to go and do it. And Absolutely. so, you know, tell us, you, know, you spoke a little bit about what it's like for people living with disabilities in Haiti, go into a little bit more detail. Like what would a day-to-day with outside of my life speaks, out children who are not in your village, what is the day-to-day life for children, for families who have um, or are impacted by disabilities? Um, m- most people um, that had someone with a disability would keep them hidden, would keep them f- from letting anyone in the surrounding area know that they had a child. Mm with a disability. Um, Like I said early on, in Haiti, you were considered cursed if you had any type of special need or deformity. And a lot of times, and I I know for some listeners, this may seem really just hard to hear, but it's the truth of what we lived through. A lot of times they would be sacrificed in voodoo services. Wow. And I know that's hard for us here, you know, in our first world culture Mm -hmm. to understand, but it was the culture there. And it was, and it was a lot of, okay, what did one of the parents or both of the parents do very much like scripture talks Mm -hmm. about that caused this child to be this way? And so it's been just living out the word of the gospel in front of people. And, And we didn't go to Haiti waving our banner of our son having special needs we went to Haiti and just integrated into the community and we just lived life alongside them and in front of them. And they saw us on our bad days mm-hmm. and they saw us on our good days. And I think that that's what God allowed to use us for was we were just able to be real and we were able to show people they are created in the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Nobody did anything wrong Nobody sinned. God is using this for his glory, Mm -hmm. for his ability to touch someone else's life or to touch your life or or whoever it may be. And so on a daily basis in Haiti, someone with special needs would just be considered disposable. Mm -hmm. And so being able to get people to understand that that's not the truth and that's not what God created them to be, um, was a challenge and, and continues to be a challenge in some areas, but it's it's something that is evolving to be so much more and people are starting to see the worth that mm. every one of these people have. Yeah. And so you you go, you know, on this mission trip, you see how 
families like yours are treated, or you don't see families like yours and you're wondering where are they? And so then God places on your heart to start My Life Speaks. And, you know, I know there are people who are listening right now who are maybe like, well, God's impressing on me that I should do something. What would you say to them? I I would tell them, be willing to just jump out on faith. Don't be scared. Don't let what other people are going to say or think affect you. The last 11 years of our life living in Haiti with our special needs son and living life with people that are different in a different culture are some of the greatest times of my life. I would not Mm. change it for anything, even through the hardships, through the rough things that we had to go through. It was so worth just being obedient to what God called Stay firm to the call that you feel like God is calling you to. Mm. Step out on faith and see how God will completely change your world and everybody Mm. else around you. Yeah. Do you you ever sit and think, what if we hadn't gone? Oh. Like, what if we hadn't? So much. Yeah. And what do you think? I mean, like. I, I think about, I think, honestly, I think about how different our life would be mm-hmm. in a negative way. Right. Like, I'm like, if we would not have gone, we would have missed out on so many miracles that we were allowed to see almost on a daily basis. And we would have missed out on the beauty of seeing how God used someone that the world would have deemed un- unnecessary mm-hmm. or unimportant. And he used, he used my son to truly change the life of so many individuals without him ever saying a word. And so for me, that's such a blessing to know that I was entrusted with a life that had so much impact in Mm. the world. And so it's such an honor to be Lane's mom and to just be able to be a small part of that. Mm, So, so beautiful. And I know um, while you were there, you added more kids to your family. So (laughs) tell us about that as well. We did. So we had two adopted daughters from Haiti prior to us moving back to Haiti. And people joke, who adopts children from Haiti and lives in the U.S. and then takes them them back back to Haiti? But it, it was great. They It was great. They loved it. But as we were there in Haiti, we started basically a foster care system where we trained Haitian house parents. And when the government would have an abandoned child, they would bring them to us and we would place them in one of the foster homes throughout the village. And what, this one particular what we thought special needs child came to us and they told us that he was deaf and blind and that he would, um, in the, in their words, he probably would not make it or amount to much. Mm. And so we took him in and, uh, we brought him into our home first just to get him on a schedule and a cycle and to be able to train the parents of what his needs would be. And after staying with us for six weeks, we realized that he did not have special needs. He had just been, um, unstimulated for four months laying in that hospital bed where he had been abandoned. And so we just took it upon ourselves to just start working with him and spending time with him and loving on him. And he ended up not transitioning to one of our 
um, family homes there in the village, but he ended up staying in our home. Mm. And now Nash is not, uh, eight years old. He'll be nine in July. And he was able to make the transition back here to the U.S. with us, which is another God story from for probably another um, podcast. <laughs> well, I know, you know, I, we followed what was going on with you guys. I think it was in 2021. Yes. Um, where, you know, you, we've talked about you're back in the States now, but tell us what happened. It, it's Ooh. an unbelievable story. Oh, it, it is. Um, if, if you don't know, I would definitely encourage or discourage you from looking up news in Haiti. Haiti is in a very, the worst state that Haiti has ever been in um, as a country. Uh, The gangs control over 90% of the capital city and surrounding areas of Port-au-Prince. Basically, the South is cut off completely from the capital city. And so uh, we had a a dear friend, um, one of our directors and security detail who were kidnapped and held for ransom as they were coming to pick us up at the airport. And so we realized at that moment that our lives and presence there were endangering the very people that we love mm-hmm. and care for so dearly. And so we, um, with the determination of our board of directors, um, had to leave and bring everybody out um, Actually, we never we we were here in the U.S. on a trip, a fundraising trip at the time, and so this all occurred as we were going back. So we never got to go back to our village. Mm. We actually had to stay in Port-au-Prince, and my husband took a special flight and got the rest of our kids out, and I stayed in Port-au-Prince in a hotel for forty-eight days with our son Nash. Wow. Until we could work out all of the legal paperwork and passport and everything that we needed to get him to be able to travel to the U.S. with us. And so it was um, it was a lot. We spent nights sleeping in a hotel, listening to gunfight and um, just the gangs being at war with the police and um, a, a lot of trauma mm-hmm. during that time. Yeah. Um, but, but knowing that we were able to all get back here safely and be together as a family and watching how our Haitian staff has taken such pride and ownership in being the leaders on the ground for everything that's going on. We have not missed a day of school. We Mm. have not missed one program occurring. We have not missed one feeding of our feeding groups. Our families are all thriving. And so it, it, again, was all a part of God's plan. And I don't know that I'll ever understand why it had to be the way that it was um, for it to be this way. But we've watched God continue to grow and thrive in the ministry. And we're able to be here stateside now and be the voice that they need and the mouthpiece Mm -hmm. that they need for for everything going on there from us here. Wow. And, you know, you know, a lot of people would have just, after all that, would have said, we just can't continue. We're going to no. just have to stop. But Not you didn't. Chance. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, so what are your hopes and dreams for the future for My Life Speaks? Um, our, our hope is that one day soon, um, Haiti will get to a point where we can at least go back and visit. Um, everything that we own mm-hmm. is still in Haiti. 
all, all of our clothes, all of our furniture. So everything that we have here in the U.S. now is things that people have been so gracious to donate to us and to, to give us, which we're so thankful for. But our, our dream is and our hope is that there will be a Holy Spirit revival in Haiti and that God will change um, how the gangs are, are reacting and how the, the country is as a whole, but that we're able to to get this started uh, in other areas of Haiti, even other areas of the world where there may be Haitian population, that we're able to pour into Haitian communities continually. Um, I, I can't say today if we'll ever live back in Haiti full time, but I don't feel that that is needed right now because I feel God mm-hmm. used us for the last 11 years to empower our Haitian leadership to take what they have learned and to make it sustainable and to be the voice yeah. in their own culture, in their own country. Mm-hmm. So um, our yeah. hope and dream and prayer is that we're able to continue to expand, but that we're doing it exactly how God plans for us to do it and not take it into our own hands to try to make something happen. Well, I found it so interesting when we were talking earlier about, you know, you've been back here for 18 months and, you know, people would look at life in Haiti and think, you know, that that there's opportunities for your son are not going to be there, but you've actually feel like he had more opportunities there than what you're experiencing here. Tell us a little bit about that and just that, that, you know, people wouldn't think that. No, people definitely would not think that. Um, Where we lived in Haiti was such, oh my gosh, it was such a picture of what I envisioned the church in Acts being. It was a community of people that lived life together. We shared everything. You spent your life outside in conversations with people, in the garden with people, walking around with people. And everybody was a part of everybody's life. And Lane thrived in that. He loved having all of those people around him and and just being a part of that. And we come back here to the States. And and I love the United States. I don't want anybody to ever hear me saying anything negative about the United States of America. I'm thankful that this is where I was born and, and raised. But we're such a society and culture right now that's to themselves Mm -hmm. and we drive into our garage and we shut our garage door and we live life in our house or with the few people that we choose to live life with. And a lot of times we don't even know our neighbors or we don't even know the people that our kids, you know, do sports or, or are active with. And we miss that community here. We miss having life outside of our house with people and um, that's something that if, if I have any beg that I beg God, God, please give us more of that mm-hmm. here because I miss it so yeah. much there. And yeah. I miss seeing it was so evident God's hand at work there in Haiti and just the miracles that you saw every day because you weren't so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just go from here, go to there, go to this place, go to this practice, go to school, go. You had time to live life. And I think a lot of us miss out on those miracles on a daily basis here because we're so consumed with busyness of life. 
Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And I think, you know, that's so true. We're so, like you said, you, you go home, you drive in your driveway, you close the garage door, you don't even talk to the people around you. And so um, what a beautiful community that you had there. And, you know, hopefully you'll be able to build that here as well. Well, Missy, I'm so grateful for our conversation that we've had. And as we close out, I'd love to ask you, what are ways that you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? I would say the biggest thing that that I would encourage people is to not look at the negatives. Look for the positives in everything you do. In every opportunity that God gives you in life, even if it looks like that it's something that you can't overcome and that you're not going to be able to handle, I promise you, we serve a God who's going to allow us the ability to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. My husband and I live on the verse, First Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, where it says, Rejoice always, pray continually. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if I can get through to anybody today to know no matter how bad your circumstances, no matter how bad things look right now, God is in control. And this is his will in your life, whatever you're going through. Let him be the one to use it for his glory. So true. And Missy, I just appreciate you so much and I've enjoyed getting to catch up. And if people want to know more about My Life Speaks, we will be sure to include your website in the show notes so people can find that and follow you guys on social media and see all the good work that's still going on. So thank you again for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. I loved it. I loved catching up with you and Uh, We don't need to wait six years before we talk again. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You don't live that far from me now. So we need to make it happen. Absolutely. It's been a blessing to be here today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app, If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story 